Merry Christmas, everyone, and Happy New Year. We're still in this Christmas season celebrating the birth of our Lord, celebrating really our salvation. It's so beautiful that God chooses, chooses to save us, not just by giving us a get-out-of-jail-free card, but God saves us by bringing us into a new family. We become part of God's family by faith and by baptism. We become his sons and daughters. That means we're brothers and sisters to each other. And as we walk in this family of the church, that's God's path for us. That's his desire for us to find our way eventually to the kingdom. It's not just as individuals, but as his own family, born not by blood or by the choice of man, but by God's grace. Nonetheless, God desires that our own biological, natural families, our families that are both beautiful and broken, both wonderful and wounded, He desires that our own particular families would be the vehicles by which His good news would go forth to the ends of the earth. He wants our families to be holy. This morning, our scriptures put a few questions to us about how we are called to make our own families uh, more and more like God's single divine family. How the holiness of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the holiness of Mary, Jesus, and Joseph, will be the holiness of our own families. So, three questions this morning. The first question is, who protects my family? In the book of Genesis, God comes to Abram with a promise to give him a son in his old age. And the first thing he says is, fear not, Abram, I am your shield. A shield protects you. A shield defends you. Uh, a shield is a sign of strength. So God is telling Abram, I am your protector, so put your trust in me. Well, God wants to be a shield to our families as well. There's many things that families can try to use to shield themselves from the, the chaos of life. One family might kind of think, well, our shield is our bank account. We're ready. Our shield is our beautiful home. Our shield is always getting the kids off to hockey practice in time. Our shield is our professional careers. But God himself wants to be our shield the shield of our families, and only God can protect our families from every kind of danger. So to my beloved families at St. Rose of Lima, is God the shield of your family, or is something else? To let God be your shield means, first of all, giving the best to God, giving Him the first fruits of making time to worship, of learning to love His Word, and giving God first priority among all the things that our families do. That's how we make God our shield. The second question the Scriptures put to us today is this. How does my family react under pressure? Families have all kinds of pressures on them today, economically, stress of these times, raising children. We all know these things. Well, the author of the letter to the Hebrews says today that Abraham was put to the test. 
he was called to take this son he had received miraculously in his old age and to offer him back to God. It seemed paradoxical, but Abraham obeyed and responded, believing that God can even do the impossible, that God can even raise my son from the dead. That's why he was ready, even though the angel stopped his hand and he got his son back. Our own families and marriages, our children, are going to be put to the test by God. Now, when I say this, I don't want us to think of God being in heaven with the angels around him looking at your family and be like, hey guys, watch me drop this thing on them and see what they do with that. That's not what we're talking about, okay? It's not a game like that. And when I say that God puts us to the test, it's also not meaning that he, he tempts us. God never tempts us to sin. We should think about this more like resistance training. Now, God has saved us from everlasting death, but he has not removed all the pressures and challenges and crosses of this world yet. He wants us to be trained and coached and disciplined to bear those pressures of living in a wounded world and to not give in to selfishness, to confront all those challenges with love, to grow in love, to spread love, to plant love. And that's not always easy because when the test comes, and the test will come in different ways, our first reaction can often be things like, why do I have to deal with this? Or what did I do to deserve this? Or like, how can I just make my life the way it used to be? How can I get back to that place where I was comfortable? That's how we can often respond to those tests, those pressures. But instead of trying to keep the status quo in those moments, God is asking our families to do something new and even to be something new that we didn't know before. So when the test comes in your life, remember Abraham. He didn't cut corners. He didn't avoid the challenge. He didn't retreat into selfish behaviors. Instead, he just asked himself, what does God ask of our family in this moment? What does God want of us together? And what God always asks our families is this, that we would do what is right and holy in every situation. So, families of St. Rose, how will your family react under pressure? How will you know you've passed the test? Because your life getting easier, kind of getting, getting past that thing and life got easier, or maybe you got your wish, those are not clear signs that you passed the test well. The signs that you passed the test of God victoriously is whether you chose to love, to serve, to forgive, to be generous, to not budge from the truth, no matter the cost. If you do those things, you are obedient to God like Abraham, and that is what it means to pass the test as a family. The third question the Scriptures put to us is this. 
when does my family talk about Jesus? Families talk about all sorts of things, kids, schools, jobs, food, vacations, sports. But when do families talk about, when do our families talk about Jesus? In the gospel, Mary and Joseph, they present the Christ child in the temple, according to the law of Moses, and Simeon and Anna, they realize by the Holy Spirit that this is the long-awaited Messiah. And they begin talking about Jesus, talking about the Christ to everyone who will listen, to Mary and to Joseph, to each other, to people just happening to be in the temple that day. They are so thrilled, they just want to talk about Jesus. Which is amazing because Jesus is in the middle of his little holy family. He's in the middle of the family of Israel, in the center of the nation at the temple, and he's changing everything around him. He can't even speak yet. He's just a baby. But everything is beginning to change around him because Simeon and Anna begin to talk about Jesus. What they've seen, what they know, what they've heard. I think that sometimes we talk about Jesus in our families like we might talk about a very distant uncle. You know, like, like someone, let's, let's say Uncle Billy. Like, you know, you know Uncle Billy, right? I mean... You see Uncle Billy for holidays and special occasions. Maybe you call Uncle Billy up now and then when you need something fixed because Uncle Billy's good at fixing things. Uh, Uncle Billy has even self-published a book, and you've got a copy of it in your house. But it's like kind of hard to read sometimes, so you end up just kind of putting it on the shelf, and you know it's kind of like a conversation piece, more like. Um, everyone knows Uncle Billy exists. People generally think Uncle Billy is a decent guy. But Uncle Billy doesn't live with you. You don't see him that often. You don't talk about him that often. And so he really doesn't have an impact on your daily life. So families of St. Rose, is Jesus the king and savior and center of your family? Or is he Uncle Billy? Is he a person who has a real impact, or is he more like a distant relative that gets mentioned every now and then, gets some updates? One of the biggest reasons why so many young Catholics are hemorrhaging out of the church, and why so many older Catholics have, have left the fullness of the faith to go to other communities, is because their families never talked about Jesus. Not in a, as a living presence, as someone who is actively leading our family. Where's our family going? Who's leading our family? It's Jesus. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to ponder that. We're going to pray about that. I mean, there may have been First Holy Communions and Wednesday Faith Formation. There may have been Catholic School and a crucifix on the wall. And uh, even a list of do's and don'ts, all very good moral living. But if Christ was never spoken about, uh, or, or more importantly, spoken to and listened to as a real presence at home, it's kind of like forming a religion around Uncle Billy. You can do it, but it's going to look a little strange, and over time, it's not going to last, because it's like, well, that's, that's, that's Uncle Billy. Like, he's just he's Uncle Billy. So, friends, today, I, I just want to encourage you that wherever you're at with this, that God can do new things 
in your families, in your conversations. It might be hard to know where to start, right? Like, I'm, I'm not asking uh, parents to stand up on your dining room table and, like, deliver a 12-minute homily to your kids standing on, like, I'm not asking that. It's like, where do we start, though? Like, what, how, do we, how do we begin? Well, it's as simple as this. You, you take, like, one day a week, maybe Sunday, and you just tell the Lord what you're thankful for. You ask for what you need for the week, the, the grace you need for the week, and you do it out loud. You take turns. Then you begin to give Jesus permission to be the king and savior and center of your family. And especially for our grandparents and parents, you, you pray for that. You beg the Lord for that. And he will, he will respond to you. As a family, read the gospel together. Uh, teach each other how to pray. Learn from each other. Here's what I learned about prayer this week. Here's a new thing I learned about how to pray. Let's try this. Okay. And then be okay with the awkwardness, okay? It's going to be a little awkward. That's all right. But be courageous. Don't be dissuaded. Don't let complaints or groaning bring you down. Be the family who talks about Jesus. Be the family who speaks with Jesus. And be the family who's even known among the people in your circles and your neighborhood, your school, be known as the family of those Jesus people. I promise you, your reward in heaven will be great. So, brothers and sisters, Jesus has come to us just now in his word, and he will now come to us in his body and blood. May he be your shield. May he strengthen you for the test. And may he be the king, the savior, and the center of your family.